Kedvach. Um, last week, I shared a story about uh, divine providence, and this week I want to share one as well. And um, often when we think about divine providence and Hashem bringing us to various places, we only know part of the story. We only know um, why we decided to go there. Like it says in Ayom Yom that uh, Tzadikim, they know why Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened, but uh, here we go. Um, so, when we think about divine providence, we know, you know various um, reasons why we decide to do A, B, and C, and Hashem has a deeper plan. But when there is a reason, a Torah reason, a mitzvah reason to do whatever it is, so that's as far as you, know, you would think that is a plan of Hashem. But often, thank you so much, Rosie. Often, it's not just the one reason that Hashem has for us to do something. Often, there's more than one reason. Often, it's not just the simple reason that, that even if it's a mitzvah reason, there's something deeper often as well. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that it's not just because of the one mitzvah that you know about that Hashem is asking us to do something. I'll give me an example. Actually, I'll just tell you the story and get you understand what I'm talking about. The Racham Strifke Rebbe had a very close connection with our Rebbe. Racham Strifke Rebbe visited New York, the Rechen and Tversky. He visited New York in 1954 for uh, the wedding of his son, who is the present, who is the, the current Racham Strisker Rebbe. So in that visit, uh, when he came to New York, he also visited the Rebbe. Now, although his 
his family comes from Rechem from that city, they, um, his family also spent a lot of time in Nikolayev. Nikolayev is a city where the Rebbe was born. The Rebbe actually uh, wasn't just born there himself, but for generations, the Rebbe's family is connected with the city of Nikolayev. Uh, the Rebbe's parents, Rebbe Chana and Rebbe Levi Yitzchak, they were supported by the Rebbe's father, Rebbe Shlema, who was the rabbi of Nikolayev. And before him, Rabbi Yishayman, there was the famous Chassid and Tzaddik, Rav Ram Lavut, who wrote Shara Kerlo, which explains uh, many parts of our prayers and the meaning of the various parts of the Siddur and other, other, other issues of Allah. So Rav Sivsker Rebbe, because of the persecution of the KGB and the NKVD, he had to leave Rav Sivsker and he had to move to Nikolayev. And because of that, he had a Besides the fact that he and the Rebbe have a family connection, because his dynasty comes from the Chernobyl Rebbe, and it's known that Chernobyl Rebbe and the Chalbavitch Rebbe have a relationship from the time of the second Rebbe of Chabad from the middle Rebbe. So besides the, the, the family connection, the Rebbe Sivkut Rebbe actually spent time in the Kalayim, and that's how he got to know the Rebbe personally. So when he came to New York in 1954 for this wedding, so he made sure to uh, to visit the Rebbe. So when he visited the Rebbe, the Rebbe said to him that there is a Jew from the Kalayev who lives in New York. And the Rebbe said that he had tried many times to inspire this person to come back to Terminus. And the Rebbe said, apparently this has a connection to you. Apparently this Jew, his spiritual being is connection to, to you. And, and therefore, that was asking him that while he's there, he should make an effort to visit this, this, this specific Jew. The Chumsitzka Rebbe agreed. And on the spot, the Rebbe himself called. While the Chumsitzka Rebbe was in the Rebbe's room, he called up this Jew. And he asked, Rebbe asked the Chumsitzka Rebbe when he would be able to uh, to accept this person for a visit. And, and the guy said, on the Racham Shivska Rebbe said, oh, he'll be able to, to, to accept his visit on Friday. They were called up this guy and they asked him if he could, he, does he remember the Racham Shivska Rebbe? He said, of course I remember him. So they asked him, can you visit him this Friday? And they made up that, 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 this, that this gentleman, this Jew, is going to visit the Racham Shivska Rebbe's where he was staying in Borough Park on Friday. By the way, it's an unusual uh, honor that the Racham Sivsker Rebbe received that the Rebbe himself returned the visit and went to the Racham Sivsker Rebbe's where he was staying in New York at, during that visit. So that Friday, the, um, this Jew visited the Racham Sivsker Rebbe. How do they know each other? Racham Sivsker Rebbe, while he was living in the Kalayev, he was involved in creating underground schools to teach Torah. And that's how he knew this boy. This was now a old, it was 30 years since they had seen each other. And at this point, this point, this boy had become one of the top professors. Um, don't know which field he was in, but he was one of the top, one of the most um, famous professors in America at the time. That's, this story was shared by the Rachmaninovsky's Rebbe's grandson, Rabbi Tversky. Um, and he said that when, when he was a child, he was studying in one of the schools 
that the Racham Rebbe had founded to be taught with their teaching Torah on the ground. So when he came to visit Racham Sivsky Rebbe, it was a Friday afternoon. And it's customary on Friday afternoon to, um, to say Chumash twice together with Unkelis. Chumash the week together with Unkelis. Um, it's also customary not to interrupt it. Not to interrupt. When you say Chumash with Unkelis, you're supposed to say it in, in continuation and not to stop. In fact, uh, interesting story, um, just parenthetically, there was a Rav, a rabbi in the city of Dachshitz, whose name was Ableib Shainin. Ableib Shainin used to say that there's one kind of light of Hashem that comes down through each word of the Torah, each letter of the Torah that you say, and there's a much greater light of Hashem which comes down when you say an entire portion of Torah. But in order of that portion, in order of that light of Hashem to come down to the world, you have to say the whole entire parsha at once. You say only part of the parsha, you don't have it. So Rebbe B'Shenin, when he was do Ma'ver Sedra, he was careful not to interrupt, but he was a rabbi in the city of Dakshitz. So very often he had to interrupt his, um, his, his, his uh, Ma'ver Sedra to answer a question. A woman will come to have a question on a chicken. You have to stop the Ma'ver Sedra and answer the question. But even though he was almost finished, it takes, uh, it takes a long time to say the entire sedra, some people it takes 45 minutes, an hour, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it takes a long time. Especially if you were the rabbi of Dakshitz, like Blaib Shainin, I'm sure it took much longer, you would say, with, with the cantillation, with the tune, with the trap. So he was almost finished Ma'ave Sedra. This lady has a question before Shabbos, so he would interrupt Ma'ave Sedra to answer a question. And then after he answered her question, he would start the whole parsha all over again. And this happened not once, not twice, sometimes it happened three times that he would have to repeat the whole parsha all over again in order to be able to both answer the question and still to maintain to have this light of Hashem. Anyways, so since Rebbe is saying Ma'ar and this Jew wants to speak to him, but the Chavisinsky Rebbe says, I can't, you know, emotions, like he's middle of Ma'ar and he asks the guy to wait outside. The guy wakes up, waits outside, and he's hearing, you know, something he hasn't heard in 30 years. He's hearing, he's hearing his Rebbe, Chavisinsky Rebbe, and how he's reading the Torah, and he hears just the, his holy, sweet voice reading the Torah, and it touches him. He starts to cry. And he's waiting patiently for Rechem Sinsu Rebbe to be able to talk to him. And after he finishes, the whole time is like very, very emotional. They start to talk, and they start sharing their memories from the last 30 years. And they haven't been in touch for 30 years. So Rechem Sinsu Rebbe asked him, I think after they share where he is up to, what the Racham Rebbe is doing. Rach Mastrivkin. What did I say? Racham Sorry. Rach Sorry about that. Try again. Rach Mastrivkin. That's how you spell it. Rach Mastrivkin. Sorry. That's how, that's, that's how you pronounce it. Rach Sorry about that. So, Rach Uh and this gentleman, this professor, are exchanging memories for 30 years. And after, they, after he concludes sharing these memories, Rachmasivka Rebbe asks him, what's going on with your observance of Shabbos? So the professor says, he can't really keep Shabbos. He is a professor, he has to teach, and he has to learn. And it's not really possible for him to keep Shabbos. What about kosher? Yeah, another excuse why he can't keep kosher. So Rachman Sifkar Rebbe starts to cry. He says, 
when we were in Russia, the Malachi Chabala, that's a term that Hasidim would use to describe the, the KGB. Malachi Chabala is a Talmudic word that refers to the angels that Chaman uh, al after 120 years, are, are, are sent to uh, prepare the Neshama to go into Gan Eden. Before the Neshama gets to Gan Eden, he, gets, he has to get sometimes has to get go through Gehenim and that and, and the the angels in Gehenim are called the are called Machabala, the angels that do damage. So that's what the, the euphemism Hasidim would use to describe the um, police officers of the KGB and then KVD. So Racham Sifkarevit said to this guy, he said, Listen, we were together in in Russia, and every day you and I were frightened. Maybe the KGB officers would arrest us. Maybe they would stop you from wearing comets alafa and partach alafa and take you to, to to take your teacher away and put him in, send him to Siberia and take you away and put you in an orphanage. And and yet we persevered every day. We studied Torah together. Every day we davened together. And now he said, what was the purpose of this? What was the purpose of this? All this sacrifice. It was done then, and now there's nothing left. What's the point? And the Racham Sifkar Rebbe started to cry. And his professor started to cry. And I forgot to mention, the guy, had th- he thought, when the Racham Sifkar Rebbe mentioned that he was there for a wedding, he thought that he wanted a check. He wanted some assistance. For the- so he wrote out a check. So Racham Sifkar Rebbe said, I'm not taking any check from you. I want to ask you about your tournaments. And that's and so he, so he started to cry, and the guy started to cry. And the guy finally said to the Rebbe, to the Rebbe, he said to him, I promise you that from now on, I will keep Torah, and I'll keep mitzvahs, I'll keep Shabbos, I'll keep kosher. Please accept my check. I want to help you with the wedding. Please accept my check. So the Rebbe said, I will not accept your check unless the Lubavitcher Rebbe himself Testifies that you indeed have become Balshu. That's what. That's how they parted ways. He promised to get to and he's and he said, "I'll, I'll accept your check, I'll, your assistance. I need to the Babishrav to testify this is true." That's how they parted. Three weeks later, the Rebbe himself called Rachmasifka Rebbe. I'm not sure if he was already back in Israel or he's still in Baruch Park. I don't know. He calls on Chasif Rebbe, and he, Rebbe says to him, you think you came to America in order to participate in the wedding of your son, when the real reason you came to America, Rebbe said, is in order for this person, inspired this Jew, to come back to Tiramitzis. And Rebbe has testified that indeed this person has become, Rebbe himself testified, it's not, it's not a, you know, a, 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 a small thing. Rebbe testified that indeed he became Balshuva, and uh, that's a story. So I, 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 my point to share the story is, 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 is to underscore how it's not only for one mitzvah that Hashem puts us in various places. I go to Shul to put on film and to daven. But the reason I came to Shul at this exact moment, there's a reason. And it may not only be to daven. Just because there's a holy purpose in something doesn't mean that that's the only thing that Hashem wants to accomplish. Yes, Racham Sifskarebu was coming to America, very important purpose. He came here to, for the wedding of his son. But that's not the only purpose. There's something else that's, that's deeper behind it. And uh, in a similar way, you have to realize that, that wherever Hashem sends us, 
there's always a uh, there's always a, there's, there's there's something that may be there that we have to pay attention to. On that note, um, I want to share another story, which I told you who did the story already before, and I probably shared as well to David Isra, but I don't think so. Uh, unbelievable story that I heard this week about Rebetzin Sima um, Ashkenazi. She, um, every single um, Friday night, she would light the Shabbos candles. And after she lit the Shabbos candles, this happened to her every week, she suddenly remembered that she didn't put the flowers, the new fresh flowers that her husband had brought home in water. So she would have to take the flowers and put them, or she couldn't do it after lighting candles. She would have to have to ask one of her children or her husband, if he was still home, to take the flowers and put them in the water. And it bothered her the dissonance of switching from lighting the Shabbos candles to putting the flowers in the water. It bothered her this change. It bothered her. But she didn't tell anybody about it. She didn't tell anyone. But it really bothered her. Until one year, she visited the Rebbe with her husband for Purim. And after Purim, they had an audience with the Rebbe. She didn't tell anyone how much this bothered her. But it happened week after week. She would only remember of putting the flowers in water after the Shabbos comes. That would somehow trigger her memory. She comes in the Rebbe's room. And the Rebbe, her husband was the Rabbi of Parchaban. I'm sure there are many issues that the Rebbe had to discuss with him. Out of the clear blue sky, after discussing whatever issues the Rebbe wanted to discuss, then the Rebbe turned to her and the Rebbe said, it's important to make sure to water the flowers before lighting Shabbos candles. Because the Torah gives us a very important commandment, the mitzvah of Baal Tashkes. Baal Tashkes means you're not allowed to waste anything. Since you're not allowed to waste anything, you have to make sure that you light, you water the flowers before you light Shabbos candles. So by the Rebbe saying this to her, it gave it was a total affirmation to her she felt like she was doing something wrong. Like here, she heard this holy moment. She's davening and praying and crying for her children to light Shabbos candles. And then she's switching to this mundane thing of, of, of putting the flowers in water. And the Rebbe is telling her that this is, that this is she's, she's right. She's right that this has to be taken care of. Yes, you could do it before like Shabbos candles, but it's baltashkas and this has to be taken care of. So I'm just pointing out again, another similar idea of, of the divine providence guides us where we need to be and we don't always see the whole picture, and uh, to pay attention to what the what what the Hashem's plan is for us, and because that that good thought, good word, good action, can tip the scale, make it all happen. And so I want to share this week. Any questions, comments, or criticism? All right. Good. Good David. Good Good Thank you.